problem with getting back up.
notice on the angel tree is some of the clothing that's on there it says please do not wrap and so what we are doing for I Iola since they didn't need as many specific gifts for kids this year they do have need for clothing throughout the year uh, they have a clothing closet for kids that something happens during school and they need some clothing they come and they get the clothing that they need and it's it's theirs to keep and so they had a real need there and we've donated already some clothing to that and Patsy Lee's been working on that and doing a great job uh, but they'll need clothing throughout the year and so that's why you'll notice some of the angels have clothing and it says do not wrap keep the angel with it uh, bring those clothing in and we're gonna bless Iola not only during the Christmas season uh, but all next year as well. And if you have other questions about the angel tree, uh, see Patsy or you can talk to me about it. Uh, now I've got one more special announcement, but I want to turn your attention to the screen uh, to the video, please. Hello, church. I'm here in a classroom that is honestly a little bland, but it's not going to stay that way. This classroom is going to be transformed into a space where we can bless and minister to those with special needs. Yes, this is something myself and as a staff we've been uh, praying through and thinking through how can we bless and serve those both within our church and within the community uh, with special needs. How can we have a special needs class or ministry uh, to serve those? And so we've we're taking the steps now to see that happen. And the next step is for you as a church to let me know that you would be interested in serving in this class. Uh, I have a couple key leaders that have training and experience in special needs ministry. But now we just need men, women, college age, uh, even high schoolers who would stand up and say, I want to serve. I want to help. I want to minister on Sunday morning uh, to those with special needs. And so I'm asking you now, would you reach out to me? Would you contact me and say, yes, I want to serve, or I want to learn more. I want to find out what it would look like to be in this special ministry. So please contact me, church, and let's prepare to bless these individuals and bless their families. Thank you, church. So this is something that has been on the heart of our staff and something we've been looking into for a while. And so now I just encourage you, again, if you would be willing to help or learn about helping with special needs within our church, uh, we want to start a class. We've got a space for it. We're getting the space ready. And now it comes down to us as a church coming together, working together, serving together uh, to bless these children, to bless these families. So please, again, just talk to me about that. Now I want to turn us to our call to worship. Uh, it's found in Revelation chapter 7, and uh, starting with verse 9, if you will read along with me. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice salvation belongs to our god 
who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And now I invite Glenn to come forward and uh, read our scripture this morning. Uh, the scripture today comes from Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, blessed be his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. This is the word of the Lord. As many of you know, in the last three and a half months, I lost uh, my wife and my mother. As I was walking through my den this past week, uh, there was a box there that we had been accumulating stuff that belonged to my mother. And it was basically all the things is left of her physically on this earth. She's, she doesn't have a home anymore. She doesn't have a car anymore. She doesn't have a bank account anymore. In a few weeks, the same will be about my, my wife. There'll be nothing left of Rita on this earth except the relationships that she's had with their friends, with their families, with their testimony all over the world. As you celebrate this Thanksgiving season, remember the most important things in our life is not our home, it's not our real estate, it's not our automobile, it's not our bank account. It's nothing that has to do with anything that is not a human relationship. Cherish your human relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And be led by Him this Thanksgiving season and every day of the rest of your life. This is my prayer for all of us today. Now let's stand. We sing a song that comes directly from Psalms, and it might have been this song could have easily been written by David himself. He has made me glad.
4, Worthy is the Lamb.
invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Colossians. While you're doing that, a couple of household things. Don't normally make these announcements, but Chris needed to make that announcement this morning. And, um, and I wanted to let you know. First of all, you'll notice a police officer out in the parking lot. Um, it's not because of anything that has happened, but we just decided it might be a good use of our um, budget to help hire an off-duty police officer to be here throughout the morning time just for our safety. And, um, and we had a church in town that had a little run-in with someone and not, there was no guns or anything like that. It was just someone who was not very happy and it took a lot of people to, to control them. And so we thought it would be helpful to have a police officer here. So make sure you're nice to him. Um, he might write you a ticket one day. So uh, <laughs> I have experience with that, don't I, Vicki? Um, the other thing... <laughs> The offering envelopes are, are, are available to you in the office, but um, in the table before me, beautiful, um, let me tell you a little something um, about it. The tablecloth that you see there has a rich history in our church. It was handmade by Miss Isla Henderson 50 years ago. Get this, from cotton fabric made at Avondale Mills. Purchased from, I've never been to this store, the Sarah Sanders Fabric Shop in the Mill Village. She made it because the decorations committee at the time was tired of trying to find a sheet to cover the table. So the other ladies who were on that committee, um, you'll remember Miss Jimmy Nell Miller, Miss Norma Sawyer, Betty Turner, and Helen Purdy Pope, of, uh, and Miss Isla Henderson. So, she made the tablecloth, and her daughter, um, Judy, um, decorated it, and so carrying on her mother's tradition. And so I just wanted you to know that. I don't guess we'd have any way of knowing that. Um, but Miss Isla will turn 98 in February. Her husband and father-in-law built the sanctuary, and so we're thankful for the Henderson family and all that they've meant to, um, to us. And so, Judy, thank you for the beautiful decorations. And, and um, I thought that was something that you would want to know. And so would you pray with me and then we'll look at the word. Father, thank you for the rich history we have as a church. 120 years on this corner where the gospel has been preached. You have been worshipped. People have been saved and baptized. And the tradition carries and we thank you for that generation after generation. We just, this morning, thank you for Miss Isla and it's asked that you would bless her. And Lord, watch over her and, and bless her family. And Lord, we thank you for the songs that we've sung. We thank you for the new ministry that we've heard about. And, and we ask God that you would bless that ministry with the volunteers that are needed. And that you would bless those families, many of whom who have no opportunity to be in church because of the situations, and we want to be able to minister to them. And God, we thank you for this season, as Glenn read this morning, and the, the hymn of thanksgiving, and as we've sung these songs, we, we are thankful for all that you've done for us, for the blessings that we have. And so we ask you, Lord, that you'd speak to us today. And even as Ronnie reminded us, we thank you for our relationships. And Lord, I pray that even today, if there are some that need to be mended, that we would mend them and that we would see what is most important in life. 
a relationship with you, that we might love you, and that we might love people. Help us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we began Paul's prayer in Colossians, and we looked at verses 3 through 8. Today, we pick up in verse 9, and we're going to look verses, or study verses 9 through 11, but I'll, I'll read 9 through 14. And if you're able to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word, the preaching of God's Word, I, I invite you to do so. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 14. 9 through 11 is our text. And so, from day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You can be seated. You know, one of the things I love about Paul's prayers is they teach us how to pray. And we've looked at that over the last few weeks. And, and, and Paul's prayers teach us how to pray for the lost. But they also teach us, as we see this morning, how do we pray for one another? How do we pray for our fellow believers? In verses 3 through 8, last week we saw a prayer of thanksgiving. And what we find here is a prayer that comes out of that thanksgiving. It comes out of the news that Epaphras has brought Paul about how the gospel was bearing fruit. How the hope of the gospel that was laid up for them in heaven was increasing in their life, in, in their faith, in their love. If you notice verse 9, it simply says, and so, in the English Standard Version. The idea is more of because of this. Because of what Epaphras has told us about your love, about your faith. Because of what he said, we, we write these things to you. So Paul begins this. Listen, he, he's going to take us into the, to the deep end of the gospel pool. Okay? Not just today and next week, but, but the next weeks to come. Paul's going to take us deep down into the gospel. And, and it's, it's almost as if in this prayer, and let me just word it this way, that we get to swim in the mind of Paul. If you want to think of it as a gospel pool, we get to swim in the mind of Paul as he seems to pray through his doctrinal thoughts. He's got all this theology, all this doctrine, all this glory, and he begins to pray it for us. And so, let's just sum it up into two points this morning, and here's the first one. Paul prays for discernment of God's will. He prays for discernment of God's will. That's what verses 9 and 10 are all about. And so, look at him again, that we'd be able to discern God's will. And, and so, and because of this... From the day we've heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, 
so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, that's a lot to take in, isn't it? When you look at that prayer, I'll, I'll be honest, it, he, Paul prays a lot better than I pray. Um, he, he's, when you read his prayers, they're, they're incredible. But, but maybe it would be helpful as we look at that just to, to bring some key words out and see what Paul's saying. The first word is filled, that you may be filled. Now, let me just stop and make sure we understand that this filling is something God must do. He's not asking that you fill yourself. He's saying that you may be filled. It's something God must do. But what does it mean to be filled? When God fills us, what does it mean? Well, you know the first, Ephesians 5.18. Do not be drunk with wine, for this is debauchery. But be what? Filled with the Spirit. What Paul does in that verse is, is give us two commands. Don't be drunk and be filled. But what's interesting is when he does it, he contrasts it for us. By looking at what it means to be drunk with wine, we can understand what it means to be filled with the Spirit. When a person is drunk with wine, they're controlled. And so when we're filled with the Spirit, we're totally controlled by the Spirit. Wine affects a person's speech, affects a person's thinking, affects a person's walk. It, it affects everything about them if they have too much of it, and you understand that. And the Holy Spirit should, therefore, control every aspect of our life. He says that you may be filled, that you may be controlled with this knowledge. Filled, but the second word is knowledge. The knowledge of His will. If you just look ahead in, in Colossians, and, and we're going to do this a lot in the next few weeks, Paul helps us understand what this knowledge is. Look over in Colossians 2, verse 3. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus. In Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so wisdom and knowledge are found in Christ. So that you may be filled with the knowledge. We know it's, it's a knowledge that's found in Christ. If you look over in chapter 3, verse 10, we're told to put on the new self, which is what? Being renewed in the knowledge after the image of his creator. And so we, we, we need to see that the idea of knowledge is something that comes from the one who saves us, is in Christ, but it's also something that happens after we are saved. There's a knowledge that, that comes to us, that, that comes by the Holy Spirit. Paul is praying for a knowledge that is spiritual in nature. A lost person can't have this knowledge. You've got to be saved to have this knowledge. It's a knowledge that comes from the Holy Spirit inside of you, from the person of Jesus inside of you. Now, lost people can know facts about the Word of God. They can know facts about God. But, but the knowledge that we're talking about is a spiritual knowledge. It, it centers in the will of God, the will that is revealed to us in the pages of His Word. I, I've, a couple people pointed out the fact that there, there's two aspects of God's will. There's a declared will of God. Nothing you do or I do is going to change that. There's a declared will. I'll give you an example. God said to Abraham, your descendants will be in Egypt for 400 years. And then one of yours will carry them out. 
That's a declared will of God. Nothing was going to change that, and it happened. God said to David, one of your sons will sit on the throne forever. That's declared. Nothing changes that. Those declared wills of God are, are often expressed in covenants. It's a covenant that God makes. It's a declared will that God says that nothing changes regardless of what we do. But there's a revealed will of God. He reveals his will to us in the scriptures. And, and, and if we do that thing that he tells us to do, it is good and righteous. If we don't do it, it's sin. If we don't do what he tells us to do, it's, it's sin. If we do what he tells us not to do, it is sin. And so Paul's asking that they would have a knowledge of God's will that comes from two things. And notice what he says, spiritual wisdom and understanding. That you may be filled with the knowledge of will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. These words are real closely related. Wisdom is broad. It's, a, it, it's wisdom, but the understanding is the ability to, to, to apply the wisdom that you have. How do you get it? I love what John MacArthur said. He said, if you want spiritual wisdom and understanding, if you want this knowledge, first, desire it. Second, depend upon the Holy Spirit. And third, study the Word of God. That's a good word for us. Desire it. Ask God to give you the knowledge. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you as you open the pages of God's Word. And study it. I'll remind you, it doesn't come by osmosis. You can't put the Bible under your pillow and go to sleep and wake up with all that knowledge. You, you've got to study it and dig into it. God's will is revealed to us through the Holy Spirit's knowledge that comes through our study of his revelation. So the Spirit leads Paul in this, this, this example to, to write Colossians. The Spirit leads Paul to write that, inspires Paul to write that. And then when we come back and we read it, we're reading the Spirit's words. We're reading the words of Christ. We're reading God's word in the book called Colossians. We're reading God's word. God's word to us. That's his revelation. And through the Spirit who inspired Paul, the Spirit also helps us understand it so that we can apply it in our day-to-day -day life. That's what Paul's asking, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We don't just study to know. We're not studying the Word so that we can win the Bible trivia game. Does anybody still play Bible trivia? We don't study the Word of God for, for winning those type of things. We, we study the Word of God to know God's will, to know God. Spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding is found. Look at it, verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Paul says, I want you to be filled with the knowledge so that you can do the third thing, so that you can walk. So that you can walk. The Bible uses the word walk to describe our daily lives. It's one of the ways it uses it. Paul, Paul, Paul will give us four participles to describe this walk. We're only going to study three of them today, but let me show you those four real quick. In verse 10, notice bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit. And then increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing. Verse 11, being strengthened with all power. Being strengthened. 
And then next week, we'll see verse 12, giving thanks. He tells us with those four words how to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. That's our goal. To walk in such a way that we are fully pleasing to our Father, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, bearing fruit and increasing. Does that sound familiar? In verse 6, he said the gospel was moving in the whole world. What does he say? Bearing fruit and increasing. How do we bear fruit? How do we increase? How do we grow? How do we walk in a manner worthy of him so that we are fully pleasing to him? Someone help me see, there, there are four other times that Paul uses this word worthy, that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And, and I think it's helpful to us. If you look at how he uses that word, Ephesians 4.1, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Walk in a manner worthy. Philippians 1.27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Worthy. 1 Thessalonians 2.12, walk in a manner worthy of God. And in Romans 16, 2, it's a little different. He speaks of Phoebe. He says, welcome her in a way worthy of the saints. One of the things that, that I think stands out here is, is that this walking that we're called to do that is worthy of the Lord is it's not walking so that you deserve something. Deserve's got nothing to do with it. It's not about deserve. Maybe at work, if you do the right things, maybe you deserve a raise. Maybe you deserve a promotion. But we don't apply deserve to the gospel. It's deeper than that. The hope that is laid up for us in heaven, when we see that hope, when we see the worth of Jesus, when we see the glory of our salvation, we walk in a way that is pleasing to him, not out of duty, but out of beauty. We see the beauty of Jesus, and we want to please him. We, we try to show his glory. When our life is filled with the knowledge of his will, when we, when we grow in spiritual wisdom and understanding, when we walk in a manner worthy of him, when we walk in the spirit fully pleasing to him, that's what it means to be pleasing to him. All of that. Bearing fruit is something that God does through us. As we're being filled, we're also bearing fruit. It's something God does through us. Fruit trees don't work. They just abide. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Branches don't work. They just abide. The vine produces the sap that goes to the branch. I, I've shared this before, and, and I remember hearing this back at Lake Forest Ranch in the 80s. Bill Rife said, you've never walked by a grapevine and heard it groan and grunt. It's just abiding. I'm not saying there's no work for us to do. There is. But understand that, that God produces fruit through us as we seek him and seek to live a life worthy of him. 
through the power of the Spirit, as we walk in His beauty, He increases our knowledge, and we grow in Him as we study the Word. Paul prays that, that he would have discernment of God's will, but not just discernment. He prays for the power to fulfill God's will. The prayer for the discernment of God's will and prayer for the power to fulfill God's will. Look at verse 11. Being strengthened with all power. Once again, the act of being strengthened is something that happens to us. Do you see how God-centered this is? Yes, we're a part of this. But it is God working through us. It's something that comes from the outside and works inside of us. It's the work again of the Holy Spirit. Paul prays some very similar things. I, I, this, this past year or so, I've been studying the, the prayers of Paul. And, and the more you read them, the more you see how similar they are. Listen to what Paul, look at that verse. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. And then listen to what Paul prays in Ephesians 3.16. That he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Be strengthened, he prays. In chapter 1, verse 19 of Ephesians, he prays that you would have eyes of your heart that would be enlightened so that you may look, know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. Paul is constantly praying that we would have the power to understand, the power to do these things. It's something that comes outside of us, the Holy Spirit, inside of us, through us. That working is, is the same working. The working in us is the same working that raised Jesus from the dead. That's the power in us. That's why Douglas Moo said that what Paul is asking for is that we will be strengthened by God with the greatest strength imaginable. Paul warns us. He wants us, he wants us to, 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 to live in the power of God. And, and, and he wants us to understand that what he's asking for is only done by the power of God. Get this, God's power is adequate. Who is God? He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And God's adequate power is provided for us to do what he's called us to do. It's a, it's a continual strengthening. It's, it's, not like, it's not like you get a battery when you get saved and that battery runs out eventually and you lose power. It's a continual charging, a continual strengthening, being strengthened with all the power according to. Now, just stop there. Have you ever watched the World's Strongest Man competition? Huff, I know Huff's watched it and others who. These are some men who are, who are literal giants. There's a guy, he goes by the name Thor. He's, he's six foot nine. When he was competing, he, he was over oh, 400 plus pounds. One of his greatest competitors deadlifted 500 kilogram, 
is it kilograms? Kilograms. So Thor decided he'd lift 501 kilograms. That kind of weight, that kind of strength. But you know, if they gave you all the strength they had, it wouldn't even be adequate to do any of what Paul has called you to do. It's not that kind of strength. The omnipotent power of God is the source of our power. And he gives us all that we need to do what he's called us to do. What does it do? What does it lead to? It leads to endurance. Endurance, that continual strengthening leads to endurance. God gives us staying power. He gives us the ability to outlast. He gives us the ability to endure. The impossible situation is never impossible for the child of God. Get this, the impossible person is never impossible for the child of God. When we're walking in his will, we have the continual strength that gives us endurance. But not just endurance, it gives us what? Patience. Patience. It's endurance and patience that we see in 2 Corinthians 6. Paul talks about his afflictions, his hardships, his calamities, his beatings, his imprisonments, his riots, his labors, his sleepless nights, his hungers. And then he goes to 2 Corinthians 11. He says, five times I was beaten with a 40 minus one lashes, three times stoned and left for dead, adrift at sea, danger, toil, hardships. How did Paul do that? It was the strength of God and the endurance and the patience that the strength of God provided. It's, it's Judson and Burma enduring struggle after struggle and loss of wife and loss of children. How did he do it in this Christmas season? How did Lottie endure to do what she did in China? How? How did Jeremiah endure? How did the prophets endure? It's the strength of God that endures and it produces in you what he's called you to do. If you wait to your strength and it's not going to happen, you, you go out in faith and he strengthens you to do what he's called you to do. God's able to strengthen you for anything he calls you to do. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is able to strengthen you to do anything he calls you to do? It's true, church. And that's what Paul is praying that they would see. He's praying that you and I, that they would, the church of Colossae, but, but that, that I think it's appropriate for us to pray that, that, that we would have this same thing. Endurance and patience. Now, I'm going to show you next week why I think joy goes to the next verse, but he also says we do it with joy here. We do it with joy. Now, we're going to close this prayer next week. But I wonder if you could just stop again. and James, if you could just pull up the, the text, um, verses um, 9 through 11 again, the very beginning. Can we look at those words again? And so from the day we've heard, we've not ceased to pray for you. Do you have needs in your life? Are you wondering about what God's calling you to do? 
Are you wondering what the next chapter is? Or are, are you in a position where you're saying, I, don't, I just don't know if I can continue, if I can, if I can continue to do this. This is a prayer for you. I pray these verses over my daughters. I pray these verses over my grandsons. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. For all endurance and patience with joy. And, and then he says giving thanks to the Father. Can we just stop for a moment and, and just bow our heads? And Would you just ask the Lord to help you discern his will? As Paul is prayed for the church in Colossae, would you ask him to help you know his will? Would you ask him to fill you? To be filled with the knowledge of his will. Would you help, ask him to help you understand the word so that you can have knowledge and spiritual wisdom and understanding? Would you ask him to help you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? Fully pleasing to him. To help you bear fruit in every good work. To help you increase in knowledge, the knowledge of God. you ask him to give you strength notice that according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy maybe those verses give you things to pray for your children and your grandchildren God would not have led Paul to write these words if it wasn't his will for the believer. Now I understand he wrote it to the church in Colossae. But this is God's will for us. Father, as we prepare to sing, we give you praise and we give you glory for the things you show us in your word. We believe your word is true. God, we believe that it is breathed out by you and you have shown us your will. You even show us here how to pray. And we thank you for that. Father, I thank you that even this morning I read that your law was perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony is sure, making wise the simple. 
The precepts of yours are, yours are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Your rules, O Lord, are true, altogether righteous. They're to be more desired than gold, even fine gold. They're sweeter than honey. And by them your servants warned, and keeping them there is great reward. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to hunger for your word like that, to trust in your word, to pray your word, to apply your word. Help us today, Lord. The things that the apostle prayed, we pray. We pray that you would do in our lives, in our children's lives, our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, and beyond. God, if there's something we must do today, let us be faithful, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing. If God's calling you, we'll be here to meet you. Almost every afternoon, KJ and I have a routine. We get in my golf cart, our golf cart, provided by Daryl Harper and Southeastern Golf Carts. Uh, <laughs> this mess is brought to you by Daryl Harper. Uh, that'd be scary, wouldn't it? Uh, anyway, we go around the neighborhood around Treasure Island and talk, and it's just a good time to spend some time in fellowship. And I noticed as we're driving in a bush, there was a wild musky down by. And I just waited for a little while, and, and I stopped the golf course. She said, what are you doing? And I started picking the musky dons and brought them back. She goes, Dad, what are you doing? And I popped one. You're going to eat that? And I, I failed her. She's never eaten a wild musky don. <laughs> she ate it, and she enjoyed it. But I'm going to tell you this. That musky don didn't work to produce itself. The vine produced it. And I want to tell you that if you will abide in him and abide in his word and walk in the Holy Spirit, that's work. There's things you must do. The Spirit of God will produce fruit. Just trust in him and walk in him and pray that he would move. And when he shows you what to do, do it and trust that he'll give you the power. Amen? 
One of the ways we demonstrate that is through giving. We give in faith, knowing that he will provide. Test me in this, he says. So this Thanksgiving time, Ronnie gave us a great reminder. Let's remember the relationships this week. Have a great, great time. Thank you. We gave away 150 boxes yesterday of Thanksgiving food. Um, now, the top boxes were 50-something pounds. Bob, I think you loaded the bottom ones about 80 pounds because they got heavier every time we loaded them. <laughs> How much produce did we give away, Bob? Uh, probably near 60 pounds of produce with the frozen turkey. So okay. The people, we didn't start till 9, and they were here, many of them here by 7 o'clock, waiting in line to get the boxes. Thank you for the way you gave to that, and thank you for helping do that, and God bless. And so let's make sure we remember relationships this week, and I'll see you next Sunday as we look at verses 12, 13, and 14. God bless you. Have a great day. Stay for Sunday school, please.